Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories we are about to discuss are of interest to you and you would like to read them for yourself, just go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find all of the stories. Now let's go to our first story of the week, trans policies and mental health. A new study found that in states with poor scores on transgender inclusive policies, there was an association between minority stressors, like instances of discrimination, and suicide attempts among transgender people. That relationship was not present in states that did better on trans equality, which suggests that a lack of protections or laws that actually actively discriminate against trans people may be putting their lives at risk. Next up, VA not collecting SOGI data, but open. The advocate reported that the Veterans Administration healthcare system is not yet collecting data on sexual orientation and gender identity of its patients. This means that disparities among LGBT veterans uh, overall are probably impossible to identify right now. It also means that the health needs of individual veterans may not be being met as things are missed. Interestingly, the VA said that it agrees with the importance of collecting this data, and the whole thing came about because of um, research being conducted by the Government Accountability Office, or GAO. Um, They also point out in this article that the number of LGBT veterans is only going to grow, given that Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed a number of years ago, and, um, you know, sexual minority troops can now serve openly. They also point out that trans service members are kind of in a limbo state right now where some are considered um, to be uh, able to serve because they were in place before a policy that recently said that they are not allowed to serve. So that's very complicated, but, you know, certainly doesn't negate the need to collect this data. If anything, it makes it more important to collect this data. And in our next story, social media could educate LGBT folks globally. A study of sexual minority men and trans women in Nairobi and Johannesburg found that 71% of those in Nairobi and 60% of those in Johannesburg uh, used social media for socializing among the LGBTQ community and finding sexual partners. A lot more folks were using things like Facebook um, to find people rather than LGBT-specific social media. Uh, the, The folks overall indicated that they thought meeting online was safer than meeting in person. In person, they often faced um, violence or just didn't have a lot of options to socialize. They also raised some concerns about uh, using the internet to meet each other, but in general, this seemed to be um, a main way that they were connecting with other LGBT folks. So researchers say that this is basically a huge untapped potential to help educate LGBT folks in these cities and potentially other cities in Africa about their health because there isn't a lot of LGBT health information Um, necessarily available. So definitely an an interesting article that looks at, you know, a couple cities where there hasn't been um, as much attention paid to this issue as perhaps uh, cities in the U.S. where, you know, maybe providing LGBT health information via social media is more uh, commonly done. Next up, pregnancy among trans and non-binary folks. Healthline reported on pregnancy among trans men and gender nonconforming people with uteruses. 
The issue is often uh, ignored or just not discussed much, um, not thought about much, and providers often overstate the impact that hormone therapy will have on this population. So basically, oftentimes people are told, you know, you're, you'll never be able to be pregnant again if you start hormone therapy, and that's actually not true. Um, the article discusses research that shows that these folks usually start menstruating again within a few months if they stop hormone therapy. They also point to research that shows that there's a lot of unplanned pregnancies among trans men, and this is probably because of this type of misinformation where they, they think that they're not able to become pregnant, and they actually are in many cases. Um, so overall, the article points to a need of, of more education for providers as well as for patients so that folks understand their fertility options and also their, their risks of, being, um, of becoming pregnant if that's not what they're looking to do. In our next story, a new report calls for data. The National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine called for more data on LGBT health. Among the reasons for more data, they say, are the growth and shift of the population over the past decade, the lack of intersectional data on LGBT people of color, and the need for data that explores factors such as environmental and economic issues all of which impact health in um, very important and complex ways. And I think that's a really good point that, you know, this research shouldn't just be focused kind of narrowly on what we think of as health and kind of medical research, but really looking at all different kinds of, of scientific research that's being done on things such as climate change. And, you know, what do we know about LGBT folks and the potential impact of climate change on this population? Obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that are the same, but there are going to be things that are different with respect to the population and our health. And so um, interesting to see the National Academies calling for more um, inclusion of LGBT LGBT folks in this research and, you know, basically collecting more data on sexual orientation and gender identity and research that's being conducted. And finally for this week, pandemics impact on trans health. The University of Delaware Review explored how the COVID-19 pandemic may be impacting trans individuals who already faced challenges accessing affirming providers before healthcare services became severely strained during the pandemic. Additionally, federal protections against discrimination for trans patients were recently rolled back in the middle of this public health crisis, which has increased fear in the community. And even if, you know, we, we don't know yet how many people are actually being discriminated against because of this decision, but certainly the kind of fear or stigma um, is already there because of that decision. And so um, this article explores uh, how these things are all kind of coming together at this time to impact trans health. That does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. If you are not already, I would encourage you to uh, subscribe to the podcast so that you can follow us in future editions. Also, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, if any of the stories from today were of interest to you and you want to go and read them for yourself, just go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find a written version of today's roundup. Thanks so much for listening and take care.